What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million-dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and I got a great show today with my buddy Aaron Gaunt out of Southern California. He's got a great story on how he got into the real estate business, and I'm looking forward to playing this interview with you today. So if you get value from today's episode, if you can share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me, as well as if you can leave a review on iTunes. That is how we grow the show, and that's how we get great guests. So before I get started with the interview with Aaron, if you're not familiar with me, my name is Greg Helbeck, and I have bought and sold well over 130 houses. And on this podcast, my goal is to share what I've learned through other people with you so you can listen to this and get value and hopefully go out and take action. So if you're interested in working with me more on a one-on-one basis, I have been offering coaching. So if you're interested in that, go to bookacallwithgreg.com. On that website, you can schedule a time to chat with me. We can talk about your goals and how I can really help you get from where you are to where you want to be. So once again, that's bookacallwithgreg.com. And secondly, if you want to learn how to become a direct mail ninja, and direct mail has been a channel that I've been using forever on how to get deals. Heck, I just closed a deal yesterday for $25,000 from direct mail. If you want to learn how to be a absolute savage at direct mail, head over to directmailclass.com. Once again, that's directmailclass.com. And without further ado, enjoy my interview with Aaron. All right, Aaron Gaunt, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, Happy to have you on here. What's up, Greg? Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm looking forward to jumping into your story today. You, uh, when did you start the business? Like 2020, 2019? You haven't been for too long, right? Yeah. So we've been doing this for about three years. This will be our um, full. And when when this year ends, we've done it for three years. That's amazing, man. You've made a lot of progress in you know your three years in this business. You guys have built a magnificent company. It's Sellers New Day out of Temecula, California, right? Sellers New Day right now, yeah, that's our that's uh, on our seller side. We have a kind of investment side where we sell our deals because we made our first company name was Backdraft. So a lot of us, a lot of our investors knew us knew by that. So that's why when we blast out our deals. It's coming from Backdraft. Backdraft comes from um, a cool name when I uh, was in the fire department prior. Um, I wanted, I needed a, a quick LLC, and I decided to call it that. Backdraft. I love it. Yeah, no, that's awesome, dude. And I like how you kind of segmented it. I thought about doing that one time where you have the the seller marketing, Seller's New Day. That's a great name. And then on the, on the investment end, it's a completely different department, which I don't know a lot of people doing that. That's pretty cool. So um, when did you guys change your name to Seller's New Day for the seller marketing? No, that's a great question. So we uh, we actually changed it to Sellers New Day because I wanted a name. Well, we really went heavy. And this was earlier in the year. Yeah. Really went heavy in Google ads, Facebook ads, oh, just that online man. marketing, right? So smart I wanted, <laughs> and we were getting a lot of calls um, asking if we did construction. So uh, backdraft with that, we did construction. <laughs> so what I wanted to do is that when a seller typed in, I need to sell my house fast, I need to sell my house for whatever reason, uh, and obviously you see all the, um, companies that are there yeah. sellers new day right away. They're like, I'm a seller, right? Let me, let me look into this, uh, website. And then that new day part was just basically, you know, that they see their, you know, they see the end result. Right. Yeah. So I wanted the name to kind of explain what we did. Dude, that's amazing. And I was on your website and I, I saw some great testimonials on your website. I did a little homework on you before <laughs> we, we did the, did the We're show. working on that. Yeah, dude. No, it's it's great. And I like the 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 market message, especially with, you know, our industry. It's like fast cash offer, quick close deals. It's like, <laughs> right? you know, my my company is Velocity House Buyers. It's like there you go. You know, buy your house in you know, seven days or whatever. But seller's new day is a good one, man. So we'll unpack your business in a minute here. But what on earth were you doing before you had a massive successful real estate company? No, that's a great question. So uh, I was serving the, uh, the armed services, the Navy for eight years, got out, was a fireman for a couple. And what I love about the, how I got into this business is that there was a huge why behind it. Now we all have our whys, whether it be money, 
freedom, whatever that might be. Now, my why was my daughter. So what happened was I was in the fire department. I met this individual. Uh, long story short, I knocked her up. Now, our relationship wasn't that long. Uh, realized, found out that, you know, there was some things going on that a little screw loose on the other end of this uh, relationship. And she decided to flee the state, try to say that I wasn't going to be in the fault. She was going to, she was trying to put her up for adoption, uh, oh God, all, yeah. all this other stuff. Right. So, and I, I could go on for days about this. And anyways, I was at the fire department. I realized I needed the money. I needed to hire an attorney um, at the fire department that at, at that time I was getting paid about 80, hundred grand a year, nothing too crazy. And I got an attorney. I realized this is going to be a lot of money. Right. And I, I kept thinking, I kept thinking, okay, what are, how can I make more money? How can I make, make more money? Right. Isn't that the number one question we all got to ask ourselves if we want to yeah. be or do something successful. And that's, that kind of gets that brain going. Right. So what I did is um, there was a book I read back in the Navy. We used to pass around books when we were on deployment and it was rich dad, poor dad. Shocker. Um, at that, at that time, I didn't take any action. I was too busy partying and, you know, just doing my own thing on my own world. What wasn't thinking about really bettering myself and or building my wealth at that time. So anyways, my why became big and I looked back and I thought, hey, I need to go read that book again. I read that book and I said, OK, real estate's where it's at. How, how can I start making a lot of money in real estate? OK, yeah. well, I need I need I need money. I need, do I need money to get in real estate? So I typed in Google, how to get into real estate with no money. Wholesale. <laughs> I know what's up. coming next. <laughs> wholesale and real estate came up and I said, what the heck wholesale and real estate. And I, so I went to go and I was like, well, I need a coach. I don't even know why I thought about that, but I was like, I need a coach. Did somebody teach me this real quick. I found wholesale and ink, got into wholesale and inks program. Actually, before I even got into that, they said it was going to be a 5,000. I'm very transparent. They said it was going to be $5,000 to, to join the program. Yeah. I said, was Tom know. Kroll at the time, a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, Tom yeah, Kroll. Yeah, love that. Guy. Love that guy. He was <laughs> teaching at that time. At, yeah. Still, he was still teaching it. So it was Cody Hoffine and Tom Kroll. They were doing their, their weekly calls and stuff. So, and, and, and again, this, the misconception of no money. Obviously, there is money that you still need to put up. But what did I do? And, I, and I'm very, I'll tell people to do this all day. Yeah. I put it on a credit card. I put my, I've I put that. that, I put that coaching program on a credit card. Remember, I'm already in debt to my attorney. Uh, but I knew I needed, it was an investment and I was dating my wife at the time and I roll over, I was at the fire department. So I had, I had a couple days off. I roll over to her job in town and I say, Hey, I, I got this thing. I've been doing all my research. I, Cause at first I wanted to see if wholesale ink was even a scam. Right. I, yeah. I, I was looking out and then they had all the good reviews and I said, perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to you know pull the trigger on this. So I went in, I bought the program, did the action steps. And two months later I made $19,000. That was my first deal. Um, it was through a direct mail uh, lead. It was actually through a real estate agent called, et cetera. I, it was probably my hardest deal I've ever done, but it was grit that determination for me to get through it. And that $19,000 hit my bank account and I was able to pay my um, attorney her first big paycheck. So that's kind of how that started. Shit, dude. That's crazy, bro. Well, that's an incredible why, you know, I understand, you know, obviously the motivation there and then you go link up with good old Tom Kroll, who's just a fantastic guy. He's got a phenomenal reputation. It's almost ironic because you were doing your research on coaching companies, like sellers do their research on you guys when before they want to do business. They see testimonials, they see the website, they see the social proof. It's funny how it comes full circle. And you went out there, you did a $19,000 wholesale deal, which is really good for your first deal, even in Southern California, because a lot of new wholesalers who don't know what they're doing, uh, I think Tom Kroll has coined this called cash buyer employees. They go out there and they just <laughs> yep. like, they're like mother Teresa and they just give these houses away for five or 10 grand. Mm -hmm. You made 20 grand basically, which is awesome. So let's walk through that deal real quick, if you don't mind. And then we'll break into your business and what you're doing today. Cause you guys have really grown a lot and I've seen it from the sidelines and it's impressive. So what, what was the backstory They came in through mail? It was a real estate agent. Like what, what made it a deal and, and how'd you end up, you know, getting the contract and then selling that thing for a good profit? Yeah. So, I mean, to, well, to get the, the deal the first place, right? So I sent out, sent out direct mail still on a credit card. Um, yeah. You again, sound like money, me, bro. <laughs> that was money on marketing. Yeah. That was money on marketing. And uh, and it was funny. At the fire department, I would uh, I would run into the back. I, would, I mean, because there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, you know, I'd go into the back, you know, get on my calls. I got I got called to the chief's office probably a couple of times saying, like, hey, you can't work on your business here. 
Um, I got the department Wi-Fi uh, to, to bring up my truck close to the department to start cold calling in the back um, on my off hours. Like I was doing everything I could to to get these deals. Now, what that first deal was a agent. Agent calls in from the my postcard, says, "Hey, I got this property. Um, you send it to my client. A uh, you know X Y and Z. Here's the price. Boom, boom, boom. We put it." And again, I didn't know, I thought, I didn't know how I was going to do this, but I said, perfect, sounds good. And we end up having to double close this deal. Um, I went there and Tom Kroll, you remember he talks about like feeding frenzies and stuff like that. I yeah, had yeah, to, yeah. You had to build up your buyers list first. So um, I think I had like 75 buyers that I called around. Um, so none of my buyers on my list wanted to. So anyway, so I, with the agent, get the contract and everything. I think I put $500 down for uh, earnest money. And uh, yeah, he said he thought, honestly, I didn't, I wasn't transparent with the agent at that time, but he turned out to be really cool and a good friend of mine today. Um, because in the long run, he, he you know, he could have done this so much easier without me. Um, but anyways, I get the contract and uh, he saw, he sees me trying to bring these buyers to the, the house and have these like open day inspections. And he was really cool about it. Thank God. Uh, but I remember him up and down the price buyer saying, why this one's on, it's on the market. Da, da, da. You know, I mean, it was super stressful. Was it listed first. to the property? I He had, he had it like on Zillow. I think, he oh. did, I think he did like, he started listing it. So it was just like, you know, I was like, why are you doing this? Even though it was like his, his client. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so we ended up, ended up had it. I thought my, at that time, we don't, we do a lot of MLS deals right now as well. We do not double close. We, uh, we do assign them. You but lock at, up a deal on the MLS and assign it on the MLS. Now we do. Yes. That's awesome. So, and we, we can talk about that later, but, uh, yeah. So what happened is, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a pretty stressful. So we ended up going to double close. I had to find a, a double close company to do because I think we actually made more, but we had to give a lot of that chunk to um, what would you call it? transactional funding company, where you pay like two percent or whatever to yeah. to the to them to to kind of close on it, give it to the yeah, buyer, yeah. and then it was funny. The agent, the agent actually bought brought the buyer to the table and said, "Here you go. You could have this buyer. She's interested, etc." I said. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. If you so, knew me, I, you could have called me. I would have transactional funded that thing easily. I love doing yeah. those things. I've done them before for people. It's it's fun. Man, it's I didn't funny. know. Any, I didn't know anybody. You know, when you're first starting out, you don't <laughs> yeah, know I anything. Know. You don't know anybody. You don't know. Yeah. You know that's that's the whole point. Uh, and actually, I was just talking to my wife this morning. Is like I really want to uh, get involved in the community because this community is so small, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah but anyways, that's how we did first deal. Got nineteen grand. Uh, you know, a little while later, I had to get like an LLC to do the double close. So I didn't get taxed so much. Like it was all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and anyways, that was my first deal. And Bro, we, that is several wild. Sales. No, that's great. I'm just thinking about like, you know, my first deal, it was super simple. Yours was very complicated. Double closing in California, out of all places with all the bullshit that goes on in that state. Don't get me getting started there. Um, man, that's crazy. You got that done. And obviously, you know, you've, you've grown a lot since. And I like to always talk about, you know, especially people that started, you know, five years ago or less, how'd they get their first deal, right? Because the, the 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 concepts don't really change. Yeah, marketing changes here and there. But at the end of the day, like Tom Kroll says, if you're out there and Brent Daniels getting discounted sellers to call you every day and you stack those wins up, it's a math equation. Like you're going to get deals. If you make enough right. offers, you're going to get deals. A lot of new people, they're scared to do the work that's actually meaningful, aka talk to people and make offers. And they, you know, mentally masturbate and make business cards and do all these <laughs> things that don't move the needle. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, yeah. like you got to do the shit that's because like, you do the stuff that's uncomfortable and then eventually it becomes comfortable. And then all of a sudden you start getting more deals. So anyway, exactly. Rant well, overs. I mean, well, what, I mean, what would they say when when uh, when a deal comes super easy in the very first, you know, your first deal and it's super easy. They think that that's how it's going to be for the rest mm -hmm. of their time in their career. Um, and that I've heard that those are the people that quit the fastest. Um, those are the people that decide not to continue in real estate because real estate, as we both know, is difficult, but super rewarding. Of Right now, when it came to me and my that deal being super hard, everything else after became very, you know, easy. And what I meant, and when you put your systems and processes in place, once you start to really build that out and you have a flow of things, which is going to take you a while. But I always tell people, if you want to really get somewhere in this business, you need to document everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we I'll see my revenue, you know, when I first started, my revenue would go a little down because I'd be so focused on systems and processes, making sure that we had a flow to things. 
And then when I got back into the sales seat, right, you start seeing go back up. And then I try, I need to start recording some more videos, documenting more stuff, and go back down. It's, you know, because that's where your focus would be. But back in the day, as you could tell, when my first deal was so difficult, it's because I didn't have any system process. I didn't know the flow of things. But what comes to action becomes knowledge, right? Totally, so. bro. Totally. And then when, you know, that's, I'm actually glad you mentioned that too, because a lot of people think that if they're working on their business, not in their business, it's like the wrong thing. Right. Mm. But it's really not. If you can develop a system, I was actually just doing this today. We're hiring another team member and nice. I was designing the systems for her, like just basically doing what we already do and recording it. And like, you know, I try to get that stuff done before business hours, even though I'm not like buying houses anymore. Really. I have an acquisitions guy, but you know, that's some of the most meaningful work because that's an asset now in your company that is documented and it's there. And then if it ever needs to get improved, I'll actually have the team member make the new and improved video mm -hmm. because they can probably do it better than me, you know, because they're doing 100%. it, right, you know, 100%. but um, that's an exciting way to start, man, especially, you know, being a, uh, you know, a success story of coaching programs because a lot of people bash like I, I did a guru program. It was two grand. I had two grand in the bank. I split it with a friend. So it was a thousand each. Oh, wow. we were success stories. You were a success story. So like, it's not the system that's broken. It's a lot of people go in there. They don't do the damn work. And then they blame the coach. It's like, no, no, the coach did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. And you got to take some self-accountability because if you do the system, it's obviously working for hundreds of people, thousands of people. Anyway, I digress. Well, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it comes to the coaching programs, and I've done a crap ton of them. I'm also a mastermind. I spend a crap ton of money on masterminds. Uh, I've always, People always said, hey, when are you going to get in coaching? When are you going to get coaching? Now, obviously, I've only done this three years. I don't even feel like I would be worthy of it, right? My, my ultimate goal is to make sure that this business is making multi-millions first, yeah. right? Now, we are in the seven figures, which is beautiful, and I'm glad we are, but I want to keep going before I even coach somebody. And on top of that, it's, but it's just what you just said. I mean, I don't know if I have the patience for people just to, to kind of quit right away. Right. And so I have a good buddy of mine. I always push him. I, he, he, he does a coaching program and obviously it's very um, lucrative uh, 110%, but I always push it to him. And I think that maybe after five years, I might do something and really, cause I mean, we, as you can see, we are building a social media presence, starting to build that podcast ourselves and really trying to build, um, really get, add a lot of value for free right now, just like you're doing right now. But yeah, that it's, it's a whole nother beast, I, man. I, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do a little bit of it. I've done like courses and I've sold like paid webinars and that's lucrative. Okay. I've yeah. done that. I still do it. You know, we're building that arm out in our little, I don't even call it a business yet. It's like our little project we're working on that's starting for to sure. make money. But when you, the, the big thing that I've realized with, with anytime you're, you're charging for knowledge, whether that's coaching or a course or a webinar, I call it a, the guy I hired is like, dude, it's not a webinar. It's a masterclass. So it's a masterclass. Anyway, <laughs> I did one over the summer on direct mail. Yeah. I was so I was so scared because I, I'm like the kind of guy where if I'm going to charge even 600, I charge, I think 600 bucks for it or something like super cheap. Nice. And I'm like, I want to make sure that the amount of value they're going to get in this two hour training that's going to be recorded and systematized is a 25 times more valuable than the $600 fee I charge. And I was on that call for like two and a half, three hours, every question, everything like, and it's just like, when you have that purpose and I can tell you have that. Once you get into that education arm, dude, it's going to be a, a stratosphere of success because you actually right. take right. And you attract the right people and you kind of get the wrong people to like almost not want to do it. And it's like this whole thing. So we're, we're just exactly. kind of started with that. Yeah. And well, it's, well, you're absolutely right. It's that, and that's what I've gotten told too, is that the people that do pay for it, right. Cause they obviously put in their time and effort and, you know, they're going to, they're going to make sure they're going to pay attention. Right. Yes. I yes. would even, I would even say so the, one of my old buddies, um, and I think we did that. We've, we, I'll be honest, we've done it like one or twice, once or twice where we have done webinars and we charge money for it. And I think, I think it was like a hundred bucks. Right. And yeah. my guy was like, man, you're charging way too small for that. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would even say like 600 bucks was way too small. And I, I've done some one-on-ones too. We'll have like a link tree. And if you want to, um, yes, you know, I do that too. Out. There you go. Yeah. And then, you know, I've done, I've done some one-on-ones uh, where you come in and cause, but right now I don't have time for that. My, yeah. my time is so, it's not worth so it. So damn busy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool to see like, you know, whenever you had your first job, when you're in high school, you're making 15 bucks an hour and now you can charge a couple hundred or a thousand or whatever it is. And you could just see like, you know, that Jim Rohn says, when you become more valuable, like your, your income is direct proportion to your value to the marketplace, whatever he says. Right. And if you can do that, like, it's crazy to see like, you know, five years later, it's like, oh shit, I can charge this an hour. And it's, it's just weird. Um, but it helps people. Like I paid a guy, I'll never forget this. I paid a direct mail expert 500 bucks for an hour. 
I got on a Zoom with him. Super freaking love, like a laser focus, like a machine on the Zoom call. Writing notes, get, taking all the instruction down. I go out, I execute his plan. It's made me a shitload of money, just like there his you system. go. And it's like I'm glad I paid for that because if I got if I took it for free, maybe I wouldn't implement it or whatever. So when 100%. you pay, you certainly pay attention. So let's let's jump into your business, man, because that's obviously where you're spending the majority of your time now. So let's talk about Sellers New Day from a high level. We'll start at the top. What does your operation look like in terms of your team and then like the deal, I guess, mix up? I don't know what exit strategies you're doing. And then we'll start to break it down into individual compartments. Yeah, man. Um, we're leading mean right now. Um, earlier in the year, I had about four acquisition people, uh, but we're not even at that. Uh, when the market changed, I decided to make some big changes. So at yep. the moment right now, uh, it's my, myself, my wife. We have a fulfillment department, we have a sales department, and we kind of have a, a virtual side. So on our fulfillment department, we have our transactional coordinator, Victoria. She's fantastic. We have Alex Bradley, who you know. He's our um, you know investor sales rep disposition slash dispositions manager. Uh, we have uh, a VA that helps them call. We have two two VAs that are helping call buyers. So that, that's kind of our fulfillment department. We have a virtual um, administrative assistant. So she does a lot of things on the back end. Uh, we have a agent relations salesperson right now. Um, so he's he's actually in the other room right now talking to agents. We're going to probably put two more people in that position. So we wanted three people all together talking to a real estate agent. We have myself right now. Um, I'm actually back in acquisitions seat at the moment. Uh, which was a huge, uh, good thing when the market we heard we saw that market shift, um, and I mean I'm, we're just I'm just locking up crap ton of contracts right now, and uh, and we have a I have a lead manager that goes into my CRM. She has a dial. We have a dialer built into the CRM that just kind of calls all the leads that are not just not answering, unresponsive stuff. So just kind of kind of waking those leads back up and then pitching them to me, um, so I could uh I could lock them up. So that's it's lean and mean right now. Dude, you got a similar business that I me. It's the lean and mean team. That's what people like don't talk about. Everyone's like, I want 95 salespeople. It's like when you can have a lean, mean, efficient team, not only are you more profitable and your team makes way more money because you got more to share, but mm -hmm. it's like a little family, you know? Like I have a small team. The people on my team make a shitload of money and everyone gels together well. We got the Slack channel. We got our daily huddles. And it's like, a, and we're virtual. Like I, I live right. in San Diego. She lives in LA. My guy lives in Delaware. We got another person coming on North Carolina, you know? So it's the small team. People really got to look more into that because you can get a lot done with a relatively small team if you have the right people on board. And I see so many people preaching like these like 40, 50 people operations, which can work, but that's a whole nother freaking whole nother beast. You know, you're in a legit management position at that point. You got departments and it can get really you can get dangerous, honestly. You can really run yourself into the ground if you don't do that the right way. Um, I like what you got going on, man. That's great. Hey, what's going on? This is Greg Hellbeck here. And if you're listening to this, odds are you are a real estate investor. And a big question that I always get asked is, Greg, how do you get your deals? So I have the answer to that question. The main way that I get deals, and it's been this way for years, is through direct mail marketing. Now, direct mail marketing is certainly not easy. But if you have direct mail dialed in the right way, it is profitable month after month after month after month. So I'm actually going to give you a free guide, which is my top five direct mail mistakes. So if you want to check out my guide absolutely for free, go to directmailclass.com, put in your name and email, and you will get my guide, which is my top five fatal direct mail mistakes. If you just use that guide alone, it will make you a much better direct mail marketer. So if you want to learn how to optimize and become very successful finding deals through direct mail marketing for your real estate investment company, go to directmailclass.com and get my free guide. Great. So let's, we got the high level stuff now. Now here's, this is really, I was looking forward to this interview. So you're in Southern California. Okay. I live there some of the year. Everyone bitches about that market. I've done deals there, buying a house there tomorrow. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my God, Southern California. It's impossible to do business there. And it's like, well, it's hard. It's not easy, but it's not as, it's, it's like the same as like Texas. I've done business in Texas, New York, New Jersey. You fucking name oh, it. Nice. I've done business in most of those states. I got to say Southern California, the only problem I see there that is really an opportunity is the sellers are just aware that their properties are generally expensive. and they're not as desperate, which is a good thing a lot of the times. 
But I've also found that on that on that same note, when you have a, a quote unquote motivated seller in California, I at least from my experience, they're usually if they're going to sell at a discount, they're a lot more like understanding and reasonable. They don't really care that you're wholesaling it. Like I've just found that hmm. when you have the right seller in Southern California, even though they know their property is worth seven, eight hundred grand. The deals are a little bit like smoother, at least from my experience. Like I, I've noticed in some of these other areas where you're dealing with really cheap properties and people who mm-hmm. really don't know what's going on. You have a lot more title issues. You have just a lot of garbage. People are just, it's just a total mess, right? And then we we try to segment that. So what has your experience been operating in Southern California primarily before you started to also open up some different markets? Man, I'm glad I'm glad you asked that because Southern California uh, really hits home with me. Yeah, uh, you're from there. Yeah, you're a California guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's where we started too. We de- we started in our backyard, um, and a lot of people don't start in their backyard. We've been no. he- we've been hearing a lot of preaching about virtual, 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 especially here in Southern California. Oh, Southern California is super hard, so I went it's virtual. So and hard I, there. Oh. When I first when I uh, when I used to hear that, I said, "Thank you. Leave the deals here for us." Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, we 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 would you know pull out some rippers, right? So as as we talked before this uh, show, we you know we have opened up to other states where the houses are a little bit more cheaper, uh, and I'll be honest, our de- so our deal size, our average deal size here in Southern California was between fifty to forty thousand dollars, right? That was that's average. Amazing, now our average deal size in these other states, Texas, because that's where we're really hitting hard. Um, all of Texas is about fifteen thousand, ten to fifteen, right? So that's going to be our average in those states. Now. I'll be honest, we've been getting a lot more contracts, right? That's kind of, that's kind of the the thing that everybody yeah. preaches and I've lived it. I've lived it is contracts are a little more far in between. Um and I'm talking about like a week, right? Like a week, two yeah. weeks if you're if you're on your game and you're actually doing stuff every single day. Yeah. Um but your contracts are going to be a lot larger here in Southern California yes. than they are um in other states. Now, one thing so one thing that I want I want to really touch on by you bringing this up is I was really really go in the, the mindset of going deeper, not wider. And what I mean by that is really going deeper in our own market here in Southern California and not worrying about going in uh, to other States. Yeah. Well, we had a market correction um, this past year and Southern California, Phoenix, right? This, the West coast, these Vegas. high end markets oh. got hit so Hammered, hard, bro. Ask me how I know. <laughs> so, so we felt it just like anybody else. And I decided, and because properties that are in, uh, you know, $200,000 range, right? $250,000 range are still flying off the shelf. So I knew, and then I found this out through my mastermind, people are still doing deals in those markets. So I said, Hey, we need to go in go into those markets to keep our machine going, right? We need properties going through the system. We need properties going through our team, right? So I said, okay, perfect. It is the time to now go wider. Yeah, dude, that's such a good... And the fact that you guys were buying houses over the phone in California to begin with just made the process to go to Texas a lot easier, I bet. Because you're already doing the same thing. You're just replacing the address and the zip code and the time zone. No, yeah, you you hit it. You hit it on the head there. Uh, there's a huge debate in my own mastermind about you know going belly to belly um, or over the phone sales, right? And when I first got into this business, I think that you should go belly to belly, like in the first like year, get to know what that's like. Yep. You could get you could get a you know get to touch the property, get to touch the asset a little bit, get to touch, get to actually have a good relationship or have a good conversation with the homeowner. You know what I mean? And I mean, you can't get more uncomfortable than that, right? On the phone, you could hang up if you didn't like the conversation or you got super scared. I don't know, right? But yeah, you actually have to go to the house, knock on the door, ha- walk through the property, get to know their family. Um, there's nothing like it. And I and I did that for probably my, the first year and a half. And I got contracts. I didn't get contracts. Um, but then I decided, you know, I don't want to drive around anymore. And we're especially in Southern Cal, all the traffic. (laughs) If you're going to LA, San Diego, Inland Empire, dude, that's a disaster to drive around. Oh, couldn't imagine. No, well, it was an hour there, hour back. And if I didn't get the contract. And so the only time I now go to a property, to be honest with you, is if I have all the things. um, And that is make sure the purchase price is already agreed upon. The motivation is there that they're going to sign the contract. And I asked them, I was like, are we going to sign the contract when we're there? Or, and again, we call it agreement. Um, are all decision makers basically there, right? So, and then so then I'll go and because there are some people that are just so adamant, like I'm not going to sign in unless I'm there. Now I haven't been to a property in a, in a good while, and we are just locking contracts like crazy up over the phone. And you're right, we were locking them up here in Southern California, 
And and I always say too, and here's a, here's a little gold nugget. If if somebody's very adamant that you must go see the property, just ask them. Give give me a couple days. Give me a couple inspection days. Um, but I want to make sure I don't waste my time by going to your house and wasting your time. Um, and then you just tell them, I store you know hey i've dealt this in the past my whole day is wasted if i go to your property and you know we don't get a deal done etc right now there's people that say hey if there's motivation go to the property go on these appointments absolutely if, that, if that's your business model fantastic but i've i've seen in my personal uh, experience and other buddies you're getting way more contracts over Dude, the phone, the phone have- is the way to go bro it's it, uh, i had the same thing with you bro i personally hate going to appointments just because i don't like dealing with those houses and they're nasty and then i got nice (laughs) nice car i don't want them to see in my car you know so i've just realized like we can do this whole thing over the phone and even if the conversion rate is a little bit lower because of the phone which is probably true i'm going to ultimately get more deals because i can Mm. make more offers and i can solve more problems at scale and i can have my team do the same thing and now i'm not geographically you know log jammed with oh i need an acquisitions guy here well, what if the guys here suck or girls here suck and I can get somebody in another state who's willing to do it over the phone? Once we hmm. broke that belief of you could do business over the telephone and actually, ironically, it started in Texas like years ago. I did my first virtual deal. I never like went to the property, saw it. Like it, I just got a wire for the assignment fee and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. I'm like, there's no way I'm not doing this anymore. And then since then, it's just, I have gone on appointments from time to time, like that wholesale deal from the wholesaler. I went there to walk it to make sure he wasn't selling me a dog, but that was me as the buyer, not me as the guy trying to get the deal from the seller. Right. Um, but yeah. A lot can, of our buyers, are, a lot of the buyers are still, they're, they're walking the properties, yeah, right? But yeah. I mean, if you're just wholesaling the property, you're just getting at a discount. You're doing your job. Your job is sales and marketing. Yes. Yes, dude. It's so true. I've always found like, we, we actually send buyers to the, like I do, <laughs> we send the buyers there with the seller in the house and we oh, just tell the buyers, listen, if you're going to like dick us on a deal, maybe you'll get this one. Probably not, but just know like you're never like you're going to be toasted after that. And we've had a really solid track record of not getting screwed out of deals because people know, like, you know, if you, you could tr- pull a shady one on maybe a one-off deal, but like, that's not going to be like a forever thing. And when you can just take your time and spend it in a scenario where you're on the phone, making offers and doing the activities that matter. It is so much easier to just be productive versus getting in the car, driving there, seller goes to you. Oh, I got a doctor's appointment. And you're like, Oh my God, I just drove an hour here and they, they abandoned me. And now I could have made seven offers in that last hour. It's just, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love how you guys are doing that. And it's, it's cool to see how you started to branch out into other markets. And like you said, you made a good point. Yeah. In Texas, you're probably not going to hit six figure wholesale deals all day, but if you can bang out two or three or four deals a week and you can make 15 grand, that's revenue coming in. And then anything in Southern California is like icing on the cake. You know, you get right. you know, three deals a month. What, I, what I've noticed day. too is, yeah, we might, we might've had some, some good, you know, rippers in the months, right. From our Southern California deals. But what I also got, you also got to keep in mind is your culture, right? One thing we're going to yeah. really focus on next year is culture in the company. And, but by just getting, to be honest, like just between you and I, by getting properties through your system for your fulfillment side, your Dispo TC, your sales guys, it's just going to keep that motivation high, right? Instead of, instead of having those far in between big deals, which are always great and very profitable and they're going to come, but let's just get properties in the, in the, in the momentum, bro. It's the process, dude. It's like Nick Saban says, you got to go through the process. And if you got three or four deals a month, they go through the process in Cal, but then you can get seven extra ones in Texas everyone's going to do better. There's you get better, you get more experience, you have more problems you can solve. I totally agree with you, bro. The morale's going to be up. With technology. Yeah. With tech. I, I tell this to people all the time, like, you know, cause I'm a New York guy. New York is probably the hardest place to operate in just from the attorney standpoint. I'm sure guys right. can, can attest <laughs> to that, you know? And, you know, people in my market are always like, well, Greg, I mean, I feel like I have to do this in New York. And I'm like, well, you can, and you got a guy you can do deals with, but you can do this in Ohio with like when I got started in 2015, dude, it was like another planet compared to where it is now. That's seven years later, bro. It was another planet. DocuSign wasn't that big. Buying over the phone was not there. Like it was a like a completely different era of real estate investing. And now seven years later, it's like if you're not buying over the phone, you're kind of like the odd man out now, which is kind of weird because um, I wasn't raised that way. You know, and now it's like if you're not buying over the phone, you're. You're, you know, unless you're like some operator in like a really small market, there's a couple guys in CG that are, that are like that, that I won't name. Are you, are um, you in CG? 
I'm not, but I know a bunch. You know, there's a one of my best there, friends. Yeah, Maya. Yeah, Eric. Gotcha, I'll just nice. say Eric Brewer. He's in like York, Pennsylvania. There you go. He's an absolute savage. He's actually coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and he's in a small oh. market, Pennsylvania. Crushing like, it. He's crushing it. He's going on appointments, right? And, and, and that's oh the yeah, he, he's the one who's talking. He's, yeah. he's always preaching the belly to belly. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. His market, I 100% agree with him there. And he does buy houses over the phone. If you call them today, he would say that too. But they generally go for the belly to belly because their market's a little different, small town, whatever. Right. It works for Takes him. 15 minutes to drive there. Yeah. 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 But in, in Riverside County, I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's two hours there and back, you know? Hey, 100%. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. Um, anyway, so I digress, man. So are you guys wholesaling everything? Or are you guys taking things down? Like, what does your exit strategy look like with uh, your business today? Great question, man. Uh, when I first got into this game, uh, I read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. Love right? that book, bro. Great book. You got it. You got to focus on one thing that's going to make you rich, right? And yes. um, and that's so that's kind of what was my my strategy was. It was let me perfect this wholesaling game yep. to like the and just make a crap ton of money, like. Yep. And that's because that's what we see, right? A lot of people. There's so many ways you can make money in real estate. Um, and so you know, and then they get scatterbrained and they want to do these ten things and they go nowhere. Or they might dab on a little bit of extra, right? So anyways, we decided to focus on one thing and that was wholesaling. Now uh, we are branching out a little bit on other things, creative, rental, blah, 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 right? Well, when I usually present to a seller, we give them options now, right? We do the we do a wholesale, we uh, we do novations and or we list the property. And the very last one is a creative option. So we give them all that and we basically say, hey, what do you think would be the best fit for you? And then they'll tell us and then we'll kind of go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, no, it's smart, especially now in the changing market. We actually, ironically, just got a, a subject two deal in Houston locked up that I'm going to keep as a rental. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. And like, it's like a nice house in a good area. And like Brett, my acquisitions guy, you know, he took the deal to basically the offer accepted. And then he, I stepped in to go over the logistics and I'm looking at this deal mm. and I'm like, the guy's got no equity. It's going to cash for like a hundred bucks a month. I'm probably coming out of pocket six grand max, maybe seven grand. I get the whole, I can write the whole, I can cost egg the whole thing. It'll make a cash flow. And I got an asset that doesn't have my name on the debt. I'm like, dude, this is a home run. I'll do this all the time, you know? Um, but so, <laughs> but I like what you said though. It's like, if it, we do focus on, you know, cash offers, cash offers. And if the cash offers don't work, then we obviously pivot and we, we, we try to see how else we can help them. But when you're brand new, this is million dollar advice for listeners. If you're trying to do lease options and wholesaling and rehabbing and novations all at the same time, you're toast. Like just, mm -hmm. just stop now because <laughs> it's yeah, not going to work. I mean, think about how simple, how simple the wholesaling uh, oh, model is, right? So but then, but then if you want to really make a crap ton of money, it does get a little complex when it, when you yes. start bringing in your processes, your teams, your people strategies. I mean, it go there goes there goes so much into it. It's not just a simple assignment. There's so much that you got to build. You got to build a good foundation and then you got to build a good culture. You got to, you got to build good systems. And what I mean by that, uh, like online systems, right? I mean, I mean, I, we have a list, we have a spreadsheet of like all the websites, all the subscriptions that we got to pay um, to really keep marketing, right? You yeah. got to understand marketing really well. You got to understand uh, Google ads really well. You got to understand your sellers. You got to understand your sales process. I mean, there, it goes really into it. And if you, so now if you focus on wholesaling and then really figuring all that wholesaling out and building a company, I mean, that's why, that's why. That's I, how you uh, take that. off. Yeah. And it, it, exactly. you just keep the exit strategy simple and, and build the systems from there. And that's, man, that's how you grow, man. That's how you've obviously grown over the last three years, which is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about marketing and then we'll talk about dispositions and then we'll wrap the show up. So you mentioned the the G word, which is one of my favorite words in the, in the word book, uh, Google ads. And I do a <laughs> lot of SEO as well. Um, so I think you guys were doing, I did some research on you. Like I said, you guys were doing a lot of like telemarketing for a while. And then you decided to, to join the dark, uh, the dark web and uh, get on Google and start getting some smoking leads. hundred percent, hundred percent. I wish we did it a lot sooner. So one Same thing, here, we bro. Did, <laughs> well, uh, and it was, again, the market correction is what got us. Cause then we started focusing more on inbound leads. So before Google ads, uh, we were doing a lot, you know, SMS, I think we were sending out like 30,000 text messages a day. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, direct. We sent it out a good amount of direct mail. Uh, we had like ten to fifteen cold callers, and oh at one point, uh, and, and let's just be honest, those leads, most of those leads are garbage. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so when we felt that market correction, uh, I wanted to really focus on 
right? Leaning the team out and also focus on inbound leads, right? So that's, so I hit up our guy, um, Brent, uh, Bateman collective shout out to them. And so we're, so we're using them now. And right off the bat, I think it was like, we ran our ads for the first like two, three days, got a 40 K deal. It was great. Um, we want to see more of those. Uh, but the deals, the, obviously the leads, the contracts have been so much more smaller. Um, the conversations are less stressful. And again, that what I mean by that is even if the deal doesn't work, your conversations are going to be so much more better because they actually want to sell, right? They're not saying, Hey, just give me an offer. You reached out to me right now. You could almost say it this, the backwards, well, you reached out to me. Let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, so so we're spending about 15 grand right now on uh Google ads. We want to see that up to possibly 30 um here in a couple of months. So and then because right now I'm the only one taking these leads in um uh, and we're focused uh, high, heavily on pre-foreclosure. So we're looking so we're I have a VA that we're kind of just focused on um and we're still texting and calling and sending direct mail to pre-foreclosure because those are gonna be your highest priority. Oh yeah. Um and PPC and MLS. So that's yeah. those are our marketing strategies right now. Yeah, dude, PPC I got turned on to this year and uh I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I have been doing this." It's it's insane with the the motivation level is like I mean, we've been getting web leads on SEO forever, but like that's not as controllable cuz they're going to like, you know, or Google can kind of take you off and on, but Google Ads you're buying you're buying the traffic. And I'm like, I I started looking at the deals and like we're like one out of nine leads we're getting a contract on and I'm like Nice. And then with SEO, it's even less, but you get less leads. Dude, there's a, I'm just going to say this on the record. I don't care. I mean, I don't, it, it's a little bit of a secret now, but I'll just say it, right? There's a company you got to look to, look into, Aaron. They're called propertyleads.com, all right? And okay. what they do is they have massive SEO um, presence. They generate leads everywhere. And they're pure SEO. I know the owner. He's a good friend of mine. I We've been locking up deals left and right with them. So what they do is they generate all these leads online. SEO, pure Google, no bullshit, no like cold calling and then trying to sell you the lead afterwards, crap. And you buy the leads. And I got to tell you right now, man, they're some of the best leads I've seen. Uh, Similar Mm -hmm. to, actually, they're probably better than PPC. But the thing I like about them is you could pick the market you want to be in, the markets. You you know, the leads are somewhat expensive, but they're pure SEO leads and they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're motivated, right? They're motivated and you don't have to do any of this crazy SEO bullshit. You just buy the leads. So we've started using them and they have been absolutely dominant. Uh, our best marketing channel at this point, um, beside behind PPC. So how much are you guys spending on that right now? I'm spending about three grand a month on those leads right now on okay. just the SEO leads, you know? So if you take the three grand divided by, I'm probably paying about 185 bucks a lead, you know, but okay. That's I'm like, bad. you know, I'm looking at it where I'm like, you know, I want to spend more at this point, you know, because it's just <laughs> the freaking. Is that kind of like? I, there's, a, I know you got your pay, you got your pay lead, so it's like a pay lead, um, web, yeah. uh, website. Is it like speed to lead? Uh, no, no, I, the, well, sort of, but it's in my opinion, it's better. Um, okay. I'll just say that on the record. I've found that those leads are pure SEO leads. I, I know I speed to lead. There's a lot of Facebook stuff which can work, but mm. these property lead. The property leads, comma leads are straight SEO. And if you typed in like, um, like sell my house fast, whatever city, odds are these guys are going to come up one or two. And then they're getting hmm. all these leads from all across the country. And then they're aggregating them and they're, they're, you know, selling them off to investors. So that's a, just a, a golden nugget for everyone. I mean, we got hundreds, go. and hundreds of people listening now. Uh, they're solid leads. And uh, when you can combine that with what you're doing on Google, man, it's, it's just going to get better leads compounded over time. But um yeah, no, the, the the online leads, I mean, that's shit. That's that's really the new way to do business. I mean, people are starting to really understand that these Google ad leads are scalable and the the quality conversations, like you said, are so much better, you know? So much better. I, my wife uh, told me, because, you know, me being in sales again is, you know, She's like, oh, you look so much more, less stress um, we, when you're when you're cut, when you're calling those. Uh, those you're so much more SMSs. relaxed around here now. <laughs> oh, 100 percent, man. Uh, yeah, bro. It was just I will so say though, mail, mail leads are still strong, bro. We've always knocked out of the park with mail. I don't know because they're calling you kind of. I don't know. I've just are, are, they, are they are they going directly to your um, acquisitions phones or are no. they getting filtered through? They go uh, to VAs? a voicemail. They go to voicemail jail on purpose. They get disqualified. What? <laughs> oh, you don't you don't call you don't answer uh, live. We call them back in the matter of like a minute or two, but if they're a, like, we get a lot of pissed off people with mail. I mean, I got a whole archive of like lunatics calling me that I save in Dropbox. 
Yep. Um, but we actually drive everyone to, I actually learned this from Todd Toback, who was Tom Kroll's coach. Yep. Drive everything to like, a, yeah, he's a beast dude. Uh, he's in San Diego. You drive everyone to like a voicemail and then it's like, Hey, you know, leave your name, address, et cetera. That disqualifies a lot of assholes who are never going to sell. And then Todd, I've noticed, Todd, Todd does that. Todd does that. Oh yeah. Oh Big yeah. Mail yeah. guy. Yeah. Todd Toback, okay. dude. This is a Todd Toback special. We get them to the voicemail. They qualify, disqualify. I mean, everyone gets called back for the most part, but like we got two leads yesterday that I just looked and called real quick and like they leave their name, the address. And then like we had an one guy yesterday. He's like, I need to sell this thing right away. I go on Slack. I'm like, yo, Brett, get this, get this guy real quick. So it, it kind of just allows you to start the conversation on like kind of like in a in a proactive scenario versus a reactive scenario. We've just found that it, it, it makes us profitable. I mean, I'm certainly if you answer the phone live, probably will be a little bit better. Um but we've just found the voicemail has always produced a good, you know, ROAS on our marketing. So we're going to keep it the way it is for now. Awesome. Uh, where you guys, where you guys sending, are you guys sending mail out here in California, all over the place? Was We're like? mailing mostly up in the Northeast and in Delaware now. I've done some mail in California, uh, was it the beginning of this year? But after a couple campaigns, I've we, we hit, hit a good rehab. We made a bunch of money on. And then after that, like just the California mail just started just taking a shit. And I was like, who, who are you using uh, for direct mail? Yellow letter HQ. In San okay. Diego. Yeah. Gotcha, Which is cool because gotcha. the mail gets it, it goes out. And then like if we're mailing San Diego, like the next day, the phone's ringing because <laughs> they're literally like, going to the neighbor's house probably and dropping the yeah, mail. We, we use a uh, modern postcard, same uh, mailbox from when I first, um, who I told you about Todd, Todd to- not Todd, so big, uh, Tom Kroll. Okay. Um, he, they actually, he, he built a relationship with modern postcard, got us a good deal at that time. And yeah, so we, we literally, because a big, big old, uh, yeah, we got a big old, um, old plain postcard, you know, white, ugly postcard. And so we sent about those, we sent a bunch of those out. You know, it's funny you say that because everyone always gets all like, oh my God, what am I going to send in the mail? It's like, dude, send like the thing that you probably think is not going to get them to call. And that's probably going to get them to call like a normal ugly postcard. I want to buy your house as is cash. Like, and I always tell people, I make a joke. I'm like, if you get the right list and you, you know, market enough, you can send a piece of toilet paper in the mail with, I want to buy your house. And if they're motivated, they'll call it. hundred <laughs> percent. Are you, are you calling back uh direct mail calls that don't leave a message? Absolutely. Brother. Absolutely. Good. But what we do is like, that would be a, either in call, it'll be a missed call or an abandoned call. Like depending on how, just let the angry, angry people leave a message yeah. and just don't call them back. Well, well, the, well, the removals, my assistant will just remove them. Cause it just get me off your mailing list. Like calling them back is a waste of time. But exactly. if it's a missed call, we'll call them back. And you know, some of those people turn into leads. Some of them don't. Uh, I got this guy yesterday. Uh, oh my God. I, I can't play the voicemail on the podcast cause people will really get concerned, but it was, it was pretty interesting. This guy, I called him back and I was basically like, I, I can't believe they let people like you have a real estate license. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It was, like, oh. <laughs> it was an agent calling, but anyway, I digress, but mail can certainly work as well. I I've always said mail is like a hybrid. Yeah. It's outbound, but they're really calling you. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a different uh, dynamic than like a cold call out of the blue. Um, anyway, I digress. I want to cover one more thing on the show. We're getting closer to our hour here. So I see you guys, you know, really know what you're doing in the disposition department. So what does your process look like in order for you guys to sell your wholesale deals for top dollar and not be as Tom Toback or as Todd Tobacks as a cash buyer employee? Cause this, if you just do this alone, it will make you a lot of money because you make more money on these deals. Um, cause these buyers, even in this today's day and age are willing to pay a lot of money. hundred percent. No, and it, it was good to see uh, us still selling deals. So, yeah, you know, Alex Bradley, as you know, has been has been a monster. He's been crushing it. Yeah. Um, you know, taught him a lot on uh, you know dealing with these buyers, and it's yes. been a it's, it's been a great it's been great to, to really pass that off to somebody who is able to have these good conversations with buyers. Now, there's the conversations are always. I mean, throughout your company, your conversations are going to be completely different, and buyers can be ruthless. They're going to try to push you around. Um, so you need somebody definitely strong and strong-willed in that seat. So again, uh, tell Alex, I told him, I told you I said that. So what happens is, is when a contract comes through, um, through one from myself or a sales guy, it goes to our fulfillment department. And basically what that is, is my TC is going to give the seller a call, introduce herself because she's going to be their point of contact. Um, just kind of, you know, getting that, getting everything kind of situated. We're going to pass that off to escrow. Escrow, you know, is going to send an email to the seller. Uh, from there, TC is going to go send out a picture company 
um, to go take photos. We get those photos back. Uh, we upload them to an investor lift. So we do use investor lift cartel mode right now. Uh, from there, we do like a quick little sheet on an email. Too many people put, I went, this is a big gold nugget. People um, just cloud that, that sheet up when they email it out. Uh, what you want to do is you want to keep things simple, keep things um, minimalistic. And that's anything yes. in your business. I'm talking about your your processes, your systems, your sales process, everything. Keep Always learn how to, to eliminate things that don't need to be in there. So, so anyways, it, it's super simple. And it just it says, uh, you know, taking highest and best. This is a suggested starting price. Um, and you always want to make sure your buyers are doing their own due diligence. Because if you decided to give them comps and tell them what you think the property is going to be worth after it, you know what, they're going to look at you and they're going to laugh because what we found out that buyer A and buyer B are going to go think of totally two different things. One's going to look at, Hey, I could add square footage. The other one's going to say, this is a teardown. It, it's a, I mean, it's just totally two different uh, people. Dude, and that's people, such a people, nugget, people, bro. You're, you're revealing the goods, man. Never tell the buyers what that property is worth. It's their job, not your job. To do oh, the due diligence. So Absolutely. So what we do is we send out that email blast to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. We send it to the, the specific county that it's in and then all surrounding counties um, through the investor lift. We have VAs. And so Alex will take the inbound calls. He'll do some cold calling if he's not getting any inbound. He'll take the inbound calls from buyers. People just want to know a little bit more about the property. Um, and then we have VAs that are calling other buyers in that city who have bought properties in the area. And, and what they do is they teed up just like a lead manager would on the sales side. They would tee the buyers up saying, Hey, we got these properties. And if they're, if they want to know a little bit more, they teed up and give it to Alex. They're not salespeople. They're just, they're calling. They're just kind of waking buyers up, getting, getting their attention. And then, so they'll team up to Alex. Alex will do his best on trying to lock the deal up, build that relationship. Remember he's not get, giving anything. He's just kind of telling them a little bit about the property, telling them to do, do, do diligence. If we need to get a good walkthrough, Alex will reach out to uh, Victoria to reach out to the seller to do a quick walkthrough. Sometimes we hold inspection days where we get all of our buyers through the property at one day in, in one hour to create that feeding frenzy, right? Mm -hmm. if, they, if a buyer A sees buyer B, oh crap. This oh baby, get the checkbook out, bro. I did that right. notion site on a deal uh, last year and it got 30 grand more than my ask price. It was hilarious. There was like 15 knuckleheads in that property i'm just sitting there crossing arms with the seller like laughing <laughs> as i they're bidding the property up it was too funny <laughs> exactly and then, and then once uh so let's say let's say we get a final but we get a he'll alex will kind of have a, a a day you know a day and a time when he'll take final offers he'll tell all buyers that he'll accept an offer um and then boom he'll send the assignment contract we want the emd we usually ask for about ten thousand dollars uh emd um, yeah, and it's off to the races, dude. That's it. So does he, he basically tells the buyers, Hey, Tuesday at 3 PM, all offers are due. And then he'll just take at that point, he'll have all the offers in front of him and he'll say, okay, this is the highest and best. And then he selects that and that's it. Exactly. And then in this market, I mean, you're always, you're always changing. You're always going to, and the reason why we're going to have them in office, I know you said you're all virtual, but for us right now, we want to treat next year as wartime. I mean, if you're obviously, if you're in real estate and you're listening to this podcast, you know, the market is changing, you know, the market is fierce right now. So we want to make sure that everybody is in office, all hands on deck. Uh, we need to make sure information is getting passed quickly. So, for example, when Alex is going to hear information that he's getting from buyers, he needs to tell the salesperson on what he's seeing. Or he and the TC, if the TC had some kind of title issues, we need to tell di uh, Dispo immediately and quick and right there on the spot. One of our core values is sense of urgency. We Love need to it. make sure because we use Slack too, and Slack is a fantastic um, tool. But we see that um, stuff sometimes gets missed within the uh, the conversation threads. And then also, I want to make sure we keep the momentum, the energy high. Um, so even, even when our disc, even when Alex locks up a deal or sends an assignment contract and gets it signed, I want him to ring that bell. I want everybody to know that we just sold a deal and now the sales guy is going to get paid, right? Because the sales guy can't get paid unless we sell the deal. Right? 100%, dude. That's amazing. Now that strategy is how you make a lot of money wholesaling. I uh, learned that from Todd Toback, started doing it. And uh, it is it is uncomfortable in the beginning, right? But I don't really go to the houses either way, so I'm not there. <laughs> but it, it it's, uh, it's funny how that, like, when you have even three buyers in one property and you got one house to sell, it's amazing how, where do I need to be at? Oh my God, what do I need to do? It's like, no, 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 no. Listen, Bob, you're a great guy. We're still good friends. If you were in my shoes, you'd do the same thing. There's three of you guys. There's one property. If you were in my shoes, you'd do the same thing. Because what happens exactly. 
is the Bible. Come on, man. What the hell? This isn't like it used to be, man. Cause like, you know, I used to just give these guys <laughs> away for free, you know, practically free. And then the buyers start to get angry at you. And you're like, listen, Bob, I get it, man. I get why you're frustrated. I would be the same way. But if you were in my shoes, what would you do? You know, every time they're like, mm. yeah, you're right. I get it, man. You got a good deal. And then they put an offer in, you know, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and then they call you the next week. Hey, you got anything else? It's too funny. People think they're going to ruin a relationship with a buyer. Cause you sold the deal for more money. It's like, no, 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 no. They're going to come right back the next time you have a deal. They're not going anywhere. Don't worry about it. Um, one thing, one thing we see a lot of people that are afraid to include myself when I first started was, Hey, are the buyers going to get upset with my assignment fee? Right. You know, oh. those, those 50, those 50 K <laughs> those hundred K rippers. Right. Yeah. And guess what? That's just scarcity. Buyers don't care for the most part. And if you are have a conversation with the buyer prior to sending the assignment and the invoice, and usually I say, Hey, is this a deal to you? Okay, perfect. Just let you know we are going to be making some money, but just that money goes back to marketing and paying our Get team. You more deals. Exactly. It's not like it goes all into my pocket and I'm just I'm just off to the races. No, that that money gets spread out throughout the team, throughout the business to bring more deals to the table. 100%, dude. It's so funny you say that because when I deal with a new buy, I still sit in the dispo seat in our company. And if it's someone I don't know, I say, do you care how much money I'm making? And they're like, no. I'm like, so if I, you're telling me if I make a hundred grand on this, you're not going to care. They're like, no. Well, the good news is it's not a hundred grand. It's only 18, but I, I anchor the shit out of them. And nice. they, uh, you know, they're always like, yeah, it's not bad. I'm paying a wholesaler 60 grand tomorrow in spring Valley. And I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. I'm there you I, go. You know, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to count your money. You don't count my money. Who cares? Dude. I had a deal we did last week in Delaware. I didn't know this. I don't really give a shit. The, the guy who, Offered me the most money. We did highest and best. Paid 10 grand more than what the ask price was. And that was really like maxing out the price. I look at the HUD the other day and he wholesaled to someone else. And I'm like, whatever. I don't really give a shit. Um, yeah. And he paid 10 grand more than everyone else. So it's like, you know what? Like, just don't count people's money. And uh, the, the real there's, buyers, so, there's so many deals out there. Yeah, there's so many deals out there, man. Well, anyway, we've got we've covered a lot today, man. You got a great story. You got a great business. I'm glad we got to do this, uh, you know, call and podcast together. So if people want to, number one, follow you online, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, just type in my name, Aaron Gaunt on uh, Facebook, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram, right? Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. TikTok, Instagram. Check, check out my podcast as well. We'll have Greg on as well, uh, the oh, Real word. Estate Block. So Sweet. yeah, go Real check Estate that out Block well. show. And then if they, uh, if any sellers are listening to this for some reason, was it sellersnewday.com? <laughs> yep sellers new day hey you never know man <laughs> thanks aaron i appreciate it buddy thanks brother are you a real estate investor who wants to get to the next level well my name is greg Helbeck, and over the last five years i have bought and sold well over 125 houses and i have learned a ton of stuff and i've made a lot of mistakes and hopefully as they say a wise man learns from someone else's mistakes. So if you are a real estate investor and you want to learn how to get to the next level, you might be a good fit for my coaching program. So if you're interested in finding out if my coaching program could be a fit for you, head over to bookacallwithgreg.com. On that website, you're going to be able to simply book a call with me absolutely free for 15 minutes. And I'm basically going to see how I can best help you, right? I'm not going to high pressure sell you. It's going to be none of that whatsoever. It's going to be a very helpful call. We're going to have a 15-minute conversation. I'm going to ask you some questions about where you're at and where you want to get to. And if you think it's a fit to potentially work with me as a coaching client, I'd love to offer the opportunity to work with you. And if it's not a fit for some reason, no big deal. That 15-minute call is going to be super, super helpful. I'm going to give you some good pointers so I can help you, you know, get your business to the next level. There's two types of people I work with. The first person is the person who's brand new. They might not have ever done a deal before, and they really want to learn step-by-step step how they can get their first deal, right? That's the first person. The second person I work with is someone who might have done some deals. Maybe they have you know a deal every other month coming in, or they just have inconsistent income, and they really want to learn sales and marketing strategies so they can consistently get two, three, four, five deals a month in a formulaic way. So those are the two people I work with. If that sounds like you, I'd love to hop on the phone with you for 15 minutes, see if you're a good fit for our coaching program. Go to bookacallwithgreg.com and sign up for a free consultation today.
Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.